the illest of course. Real fans, real talk. We the illest on court. Real fans, real talk. We as real as we thought. Real fans, real talk. Reporting live from the cam. High in demand, so please stand by if you can. What we got is worth a lot, so put a tie in your plans. On court, talking sports through the eyes of the fans. With Trip Young, Emma Marie, Eric Sanchez. You heard what I said, we elite. Check the latest topics and stay ahead of the beat. Keep us in your topics and uh-huh. we ahead of the Yo. streets. It's Johnny Floss, bringing a different type of blend. Backing up Misfit to make sure y'all tuned in. You gotta watch, this show is one of a kind. Updates on your TV screen from 8 to 9. For the older folks, so even if you're younger, no matter what sport, this show, we got it covered. It's filmed live in the middle of BK, so ain't no better sports show to watch on Thursdays. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought. Real fans, real talk, we the illest of course. Real fans, real talk, we the illest of course. Real fans, real talk, we as real as we thought Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Real Fans Real Talk. I know it's been a while since you guys have seen my face. A lot has happened. A lot has changed. I have made a move to the West Coast, so I'm so happy to join you guys today. How are you guys? Good. Can't complain. Uh, I'm I'm excited. We haven't done a show with you in a while. What? I know. I've been keeping tabs, you know. I haven't haven't seen a a real replacement, but, you know, I'm definitely going to pop in and out. Um, but I definitely wanted to kick today's show off with just one thing, rest in peace to Brianna Taylor. Um, I definitely wore my I Can't Breathe shirt. Um, I know this situation is affiliated with George Floyd, but I wanted to just bring some type of awareness of what we've been fighting for for months and protesting for all summer. So for those of you who don't know, um, just one of the officers were arrested and indicted um, for first degree wound and endangerment not first degree murder or second degree murder. Um, And so what wounded endangerment even means um, is basically just really that he was careless in the way that he um, attacked Brianna. Like he shot through her apartment wall and could have endangered others during um, him doing his job, right? And so just a outcry, outrage from just, not just black Americans, Americans everywhere, um, completely upset with this verdict, not really shocked or surprised, just kind of let down. I think we all feel like we felt we, we failed her after months of protesting. It took 194 days for her to even um, have a, an officer arrested. And for her just to not get justice is just, just insane. Um, so I wanted to just go over some of the athletes that have been speaking up. Over the last couple of months, we've seen, um, you know, Naomi Osaka speak up and use her platform as she's, you know, continuing to, to win titles and her just really advocate for these families that have experienced police brutality. We've seen CP3, LeBron James, and many other athletes use their platforms to advocate. Um, even while going through COVID and being in the bubble, these players have made um, just a conscious effort to speak up. Tobias Harris as well. You know, some of these guys were answering questions and only saying, why aren't the cops who killed Brianna Taylor arrested? And so for this to be the outcome, it's heartbreaking. Um, if you guys want to share your thoughts on kind of how you felt when you heard that verdict or you heard the tra- charges that were being charged. Disappointment. Um, we we were, um, uh, Tripp and myself and, and Sean were yesterday uh, recording an episode of Shooting the Shit. And I, I started off the show by saying that I was disappointed. I'm frustrated. Um, I think I was holding out hope for a different outcome in this particular case because of the circumstances of the case, you know, um, just to give people again clarification, like Brianna Taylor was in her home sleeping. Um, her, her door was kicked in. She, they, her and her boyfriend were victims from the very beginning of this situation, and yet they were portrayed by the police and by the media as suspects when they were not suspects. The police were not there looking for Brianna Taylor. Um, and then to hear you know, one officer being charged with, uh, you know, wanton endangerment, which basically brings no justice to Breonna Taylor or her family. Um, you know, I don't know any other word to use, but frustrated. Um, a friend of mine said we shouldn't have been surprised because just last week we heard of the settlement that the family received, which was kind of their way of softening the blow uh, because there were no indictments coming down. We waited four and a half months for them to 
bring up charges on one officer that had nothing to do with the incident um, and how it would affect Breonna Taylor and her family. So I'm extremely frustrated. You know, I said yesterday on the podcast that um, that I that I wasn't surprised, um, wasn't shocked, because you know we don't we haven't we haven't been getting that type of that type of justice. You know, this is something that's been going on for a very long time. Uh, I mean, it, it's still it's still disappointing that even with everything that's been going on in this country over the past couple of months. Uh, we still couldn't get any type of real justice for Breonna Taylor. And, um, you know, for, for anybody who who who's, has the logic of, oh, well, well, they gave him $12 million in the lawsuit. Well, guess what? Breonna Taylor is still in the grave. So that $12 million ain't bring Breonna Taylor back unless there's some, some uh, you know, recovery surgery that you could bring a person back to life that I don't know about. You know, so that's twelve million dollars. All right, yeah, you got some money in your pocket, but that that mother still lost her daughter. You know that 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 boyfriend still lost his girlfriend. Her friends and her family members they still lost someone that was you know near and dear to their heart. So you know that ain't that ain't justice. You know, getting a paycheck is not justice. Um, you know, I, I'm I think I'm I'm even more disappointed though. Um, and the, the attorney general, yeah. um, and I think that kind of hurts more than the fact that the, the walls and the neighbors and Breonna Taylor's uh, building got more justice than Breonna Taylor, because to, to have to, 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 to sit and watch a black man telling us, oh, well, we, you know, we don't know what's going on and the evidence and this and that. And it's and like and I and I hate to I hate to you know to say Uncle Tom and use that, that reference, but that's where it just, it just took me to you know it took me there in that moment. Like brother, you you could at least let 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 one of your white counterparts go up there and and, and give that that news. You know what I'm saying? Like why why we always gotta you know always gotta throw the the, the black people up there to like I guess ease the blow. You know what I mean? So we could understand it more and we'll be cool. Then nah, that, that, that's not cool, man. The Attorney General, um, Daniel Cameron, um, sweet, it was, it, it just reminds us how it's not just about us being in that position, right? And just like, we, we preach representation so much, but then it's like, okay, we had the representation, but now you are also a part of a bigger entity that is designed to be fundamentally racist. And you have to now not just be in that space, but really work on, you know, um, just just reconstructing the way it's been built. And listening to him talk, it did hurt more to have a brother sit up there and tell us, like, you know, to, to try to give reason for it, right? And make it and try to rationalize what happened. And it's just, there's no way to rationalize it. And actually, I felt like he sounded very insensitive. And I felt like he was just making excuses and trying to say, but I'm not making excuses, right? And just hearing them describe and talk about the family next door, right? Who still lived, you know, it was a father with a wife that was pregnant and a son and a, a child. And it was just kind of like, okay, but Brianna's dead. So it's just, it, it just hurts. And, and to Eric's point of um, them softening the blow as far as um, releasing that settlement just a week ago, we already knew this was coming that's why none of us were shocked because they started putting barricades outside preparing for protesters early in the morning right so they already knew and then they also did the settlement so they they've been knew this was going to happen and so um you know brett hankinson hankinson the um officer that was charged you know he's looking at one to five years and i don't even expect him to get jail time honestly i don't expect him to get five years but i don't i don't think he'll get jail time um so uh, i there, agree i don't think no go ahead no no go ahead i'm finished finish now i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about the actors i mean the actors that says stuff so you can say your response sorry oh I, I was i was just gonna say um i don't know if you got a chance to see it but i was telling uh anthony about it there's a, a short documentary on hulu and uh with the um you know the the in-depth details regarding this case and when i heard some of the details like i was shocked that we've even 
taken this long to come up with any type of charges. Um, the no knock warrant wasn't even really for her place. It was for another residence where they were searching for her ex-boyfriend. But since they threw her address in there as well, they were, they were able somehow to finesse a no knock warrant for her house, even though it wasn't his known residence. He was just known to, to hang out there from time to time when they dated at one point. Ex-boyfriend was also arrested. The ex-boyfriend was also arrested an hour before they kicked in her door. So there was no need to even go to her house. You had already arrested the gentleman you were looking for. Yet, for whatever reason, these cops still executed a no-knock warrant under the, wow. the pretenses of there might be drugs in the home, right? So they break down the door. They get into the shootout with the boyfriend. Brianna gets shot. She never gets removed from the apartment. She never receives medical attention. She dies in her own apartment. Yet they escort the boyfriend out and arrest him. And during all this time, the cops still never searched the residence. They, so there was no justification for what they did. So my, my thing is... You want to throw out wanton endangerment and say, oh, the, the neighbors were, were, you know, put in, in, in harm's way. Well, Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend were put in harm's way as well because there was no reason for you to knock down their door if you had arrested who you were looking for. Yeah, and I think there was, there was no reason I, to proceed. The, the, so if, even if you want to, you know, the, the wanton suit, whatever charges, they're just making up just to say something, right? So there's no, no nobody's responsible for the negligence to where you had arrested the person you were looking for an hour before you kicked in Brianna Taylor's door. So no, so there's no negligence of anything involved, nothing that nobody else should have been brought up on any type of type of charges. You know, it is it, sickening. Um, so to touch on what Eric said, I think that was the most heartbreaking thing that I had found out. Cause you know, we just to your point, just like you're reading more and more things throughout over the months and learning more details was to find out that she did not receive medical attention. And I think the irony of a 26 year old woman who, de who devoted her life to be an EMT worker, to not be able to receive medical treatment in her time of need, in her time of literally before she died, I think that's disgusting. And, it, and it's, this case was so unique because of not only that she was just laying in bed, you know, literally innocent, not doing anything. So there was no, oh, did she reach for a gun or did she do this? No, they they barged into her home. But also the fact that what she did for a living as an EMT worker, it's like she, you know what I mean? Like she literally saved other people's lives. And this is what she did. So for her not to receive medical attention just speaks on an, another way that she was just disrespected. Um, and I just wanted to, to go over LeBron James. He is someone that has been such a voice for a long time, but in particular this case. Um, and him, I think, having a young daughter as well, and him just speaking about his love for Black women. Um, he made some tweets and said, the most disrespected person on the earth is a Black woman. Uh, I promise you I'll do my best to change this as much as I can and even more. Love to you, Queens, all over this country and beyond. So we've seen... Um, you know, when this news broke, there were reports that the entire Lakers team had the news on blasting that they were intensely watching, waiting for what was happening. And they, a lot of them just um, were very emotional. And Stephen A. Smith, um, you know, spoke last night and said his closing remarks. It was very powerful. Uh, and I thought it was very interesting because he opened up his remarks quoting, you know, Laura Ingram, who we all can't stand um and her remarks of them being told shut up and dribble and he basically spoke and said you guys question why these athletes um nba nfl etc use their why these stars use their platforms to speak on the plight of african americans it's because of situations like this and thank god for them speaking up thank god for them bringing awareness and even that still didn't get her justice. So I thought um, that if you guys didn't check that out, definitely watch it. It was very powerful, his words. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just insane. I'm happy that these influencers and celebrities are using their platforms to speak on this. And I want to say too, uh, um, you know, in regards to what Stephen A said, you know, the, the result of that being the athletes around around the globe really using their platform but the other thing that is going to come out of that as well, and which now we're starting to see even more, you know, at some point, you know, people people get tired of getting beat down, and you're going to see instances like what happened with the with the protest right after that that decision came out, and two officers were shot. 
Um, you know, and a couple of weeks ago, he had the officer shot in L.A. And you know what I mean? So something something's got to get done because, you know, it, it, it's going to get get worse before before it gets better. If somebody yeah. doesn't doesn't step in and it doesn't help that the person who's supposed to be running this country is probably one of the most divisive people in this country. And, and, and to speak on Trump real quick, I don't really like to even give him much attention or time. That's why I ain't giving him, I ain't giving him clout. Yeah, he spoke on this situation and it was just so, he applauded, you know, he applauded um, the attorney general, uh, Daniel Cameron, about what he said. And he, he's doing an excellent job handling it. And I thought that was just. He's Republican, just that's why. Is your, is your problem? Yeah, he's, at, he's at one of Trump's rallies. That's why. It's just crazy how he, instead of acknowledging Breonna Taylor and her family, and even like even making that moment about you know just really her and about just what you know what happened to this twenty-six-year-old very young young girl, he decided to say he loves. Oh, he's a rock star. He's a rock star. It's just like what? Like this is not real. So. Super insensitive. I don't expect him to care. You know, any anytime I, I see him speak on anything that has to do with any just African American issues, anything like that, he sounds so insincere. Yeah. You know, so I don't I don't I don't expect anything anything better from him. And it's just it's just sad um that that's what we have at the at the forefront of this country right now. And it's even you know more reason why. Uh, you know, we need to get out and vote this November because we need to get that, that divisive, sexist, racist. We need to get all of that out the office. Somebody got to go up in there with the sage before the next president come in. Just get all that out of all that spirits out of there. You know what I'm saying? So we can we can move on from this and, and, and try to 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 really make the changes that's necessary in this country. Shout out to LeBron, Stephen A. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he he said some some things. Just just the players in general, the athletes. I'm, I'm so proud of them uh, for for stepping up and, and speaking out using their platform. Shout out to to Tyron Woodley, man. Um, you know, he lost his fight this past weekend. He had a, he had a UFC fight which he lost uh, TKO. He got an injury, um, but he but before the fight, his the entire press conference was Black Lives Matter. Any yeah. question I was asking was Black Lives Matter. Um, you guys can check it out on my Instagram. The video I, I reposted the video on my Instagram uh, for you guys at, at home. But you know, shout out to all of the athletes that have been stepping up um, because it's definitely not a situation. It ain't, ain't gonna be no shut up and dribble. Ain't gonna be no shut up and box. No shut up and throw a football. No shut up and play tennis. You know, shout yeah. out to, to Naomi Osaka. You know, no, these athletes are doing what they're supposed to do. They're following the footsteps of, of the, the Bill Russells, the Kareems, the Muhammad Ali's, you know, like yeah. shout, shout out to these guys for not being afraid to use their platforms. Yes. And, you know, I want to continue just picking up LeBron James. Um, and so speaking of LeBron, he recently set a record of the most all NBA selections of all time. So definitely big ups to him. Um, there is a game tonight, so I'm looking forward to see what's going on. It's game four. Um, right now, the Lakers is two and one. And so, yeah, I'm excited to see what they have. You guys know I'm in L.A. right now, so all day, all I see is Lakers gear everywhere. That's, that's the whole – That's it's just they go hard out here. It's much different than seeing the Knicks and the Nets stuff everywhere. It's, it's just Laker, uh, you know, city, obviously. So I'm excited to see. The way they, they, so they, they don't got no Clippers stuff out there? Because the other Clippers play? I don't play. know. <laughs> no, I, thought, I, see. I thought it was Kawhi Town now. No, it's not? Yo, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's everywhere. Like, you know, it just reminds me every day. Obviously, I'm in L.A., but, you know, it's dope. And it feels like the energy is everyone is on the same team, you know, like everyone here. And I feel like even if you're not from L.A., you go hard for Lakers even being here. Yeah. So that's a fact. Shout out, shout out to Lakers. I think they uh I think they take uh game four. Game three was a was a rough one for them. They you know they, they let it get out of control. They they almost actually came back, but I think uh in 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 game four we're gonna see the Lakers get back to dominance uh in the series and take a take a three one lead. Uh, I'm not saying I don't know if it's gonna end in in um in, in five. 
but I do think that the Lakers uh, win game four. Um, you know, LeBron, LeBron was a little tight. The team was a little tight because LeBron ain't been getting them foul calls that, that, that he's used to. Uh, so they, they had they did write a letter to the league to uh, to stress that issue. You know, there was a little bit of disparity disparity between them. But I mean, Anthony Davis is still getting those those uh, attempts at the line, too. So it kind of balanced out. But I think I think the Lakers bounce back tonight. Uh, you always need a, a, a one of those losses like that is a wake up call. And uh, LeBron understands what's at stake here. You don't want to give a team like Denver any type of life. Uh, we saw what happened against the Clippers when the Clippers gave them life and didn't close out that series when they had their foot on uh, on their necks, and they should have. Um, so I think LeBron is not is not going to play around to, uh, in Game Four. I think he's coming to to, to work, and I think they take a three one series lead. Yeah, I um, I mean, first of all, the Lakers are the last team to complain about not getting the calls. They got all the calls in Game One and Game Two, and they just so happened not to really get them in Game Three. Well, no, no, not uh, LeBron, not Lebron LeBron hasn't been I mean, to the foul line like listen, that. Listen, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the narrative that LeBron is a crybaby, but he does at times kind of pander to the refs and try to, you know, leverage his his star power. But every um, superstar does that. Not the way he does it, but anyway, again, that's not to knock LeBron because uh, you know I, I think he he's still an amazing player, and I think they have the inside track to go to the finals. As I picked before the series, I had the Lakers in six, but I think Denver actually wins tonight. I think Denver has actually outplayed them in the last two games. They had a chance to win Game Two, if not for Anthony Davis's buzzer beater. Uh, they completely outplayed them in Game Three, aside from a run that the Lakers put together late in that game to make it close. And I think Denver has figured some things out. And as you mentioned, Anthony Davis is going to get his. Denver has nobody who could stop him. But Denver's focusing on taking away the role players. And they're not, they're not allowing the role players to get in a rhythm that could possibly beat them. So I think Denver wins tonight. And I think they tie the series up 2-2. Um, and then from there, we'll, we'll see what you know Frank Vogel can come up with and, and what adjustments he can make to get the Lakers back on track. But I think after the tonight, the series will be tied. I actually would prefer that. I feel like it would make for a more exciting series um, for them to to have that tie. And I think I think LeBron does excellent under pressure, so I think that would make the next couple of games more exciting. Nah, I want them to close it out. You can't take no chances with a team like Denver. We saw what happened with that with the other team that I was asking you if they was repping out there in LA. Uh, they were up three games to one, and they let Denver come back and win three games straight. One thing about Jamal Murray is when he gets hot, it's it's hard to stop that that young man from doing what he wants to do. We saw it against Utah. We saw it against the Clippers. We saw it in uh, game three against the, the Lakers. So you cannot give a team like Denver any extra. Like they, they, Denver is, is basically – Playing with house money from, from even from the, from the last round against the Clippers, they've been playing with house money because no one expects them to to beat. No one expects them to beat the Clippers. No one expects them to beat the Lakers. So if you take your foot off the gas and you let Jamal Murray get hot, because we already know what uh, Jokic is going to do. Jokic has pretty much been consistent throughout the entire playoffs. Jamal Murray is the is the one where he'll have that he'll have a 40, 50 point game. Then he might have an eighteen point game. So if you let him get into a rhythm, you let him get hot, and you let them you let them win games that you should just take easily, then it, it can be a problem. So I don't I don't want to see no extra games. Let's get this game, get game four, and then be looking to close out in uh in, in game five. Yeah, I do agree with you on that point. Jamal Murray is so streaky that if he gets hot. The last thing you want is again for the for the Nuggets to be in range to win the series. You want to try to jump out as far as you can mm -hmm. and play, enforce and play catch up, which they're comfortable doing. But again, when he's hot, there is nobody who could stop him. He's shown that throughout the playoffs. When he gets going, he is unstoppable. So, if you're the Lakers, you definitely want to want to um, get up on these guys now. You want to jump up on them. You don't want to give them that extra motivation. But I think Denver's playing with a lot of confidence, and I think the way they lost Game One. For them to bounce back and play game two and game three the way they did, that bodes well for them moving forward. They're, they're a young upstart team. They understand that this is a big moment for them, and they also understand that they can't afford to go down 3-1 to the Lakers the way they did against the other teams um, if they want to advance. So I expect them to come out strong again tonight. And also in other 
News and NBA. So there was definitely some coaching changes. So Billy Donovan has been announced as the new coach for the Chicago Bulls. He was previously a coach at Oklahoma City. And he's, before that, he spent 19 years as a coach at the University of Florida. At his years coaching at the University of Florida, he won two back-to-back championships in 2006 and seven. And huge fun fact, which is why I'm hyped, is he's from Rockville Center, Long Island, New York, where I spent lots of time working. So uh, I think this is a really good change. I think he has a really excellent, strong coaching career. Um, I love seeing coaches that have gone from being a player coaching college and then making a gradual uh, spent a lot of time in college because I actually I think the college game is a lot more fundamentally sound and I think that um, him going from 19 years of that to Oklahoma to Bulls I'm really looking forward to this change yeah uh, usually usually I like I would want to make a push uh, for a black coach to get up get get that spot but in in, in Billy Donovan's case uh, you know what he did this year with, with OKC when people didn't even have them sniffing at the playoffs, let alone making it to the playoffs, looking good, playing the way they did all season um, in a very uh, tough first round matchup with the Houston Rockets that went seven games. So you know, I th- I do think that he is well deserving. Um, and, you know, I mean, we saw we do it OKC, but they also had that veteran leadership of Chris Paul being there. I don't know if we get the same results in Chicago just because, you know, you don't have an MVP caliber player like a Chris Paul who can run your, your, your offense, who plays defense, who can hit big shots in, in clutch moments. So I don't know if it works out the same way in Chicago, but he's definitely deserving based off of the year that he's had uh, with OKC and what they were able to accomplish. Um, yeah, so first and foremost, I think Billy Donovan is very underrated. He has done a phenomenal job, I think, uh, with previously, obviously, with the Thunder. Um, he had KD and Russ for one year, and they got to the Western Conference Finals, and they should have beat Golden State that year when they were up 3-1. And every year after that, he kept them in playoff contention, even after losing KD. And then this year, when they were supposed to be in a rebuild, you know, they still were able to get into the playoffs as a fifth seed. So I, I think he's done a phenomenal job. To me, he should have been a coach of the year this year. And trip to your point, I was a little shocked by Chicago just because I thought he would have had some better options because of his coaching resume. As you mentioned, M, the two national championships in Florida and then also being a, a playoff coach every year with the Thunder. But the one thing I do uh, want to throw out there, and this might be an early prediction, so we're going to save this audio just in case it happens. I would not be surprised if the Bulls leverage some of their young players along with that high draft pick this year for Bradley Beal. Because Bradley Bill is very fond of Billy Donovan. He played for him at the University of Florida. And he and they both have had this kind of man crush on each other where they always talk very highly of each other. So I would not be surprised if the Bulls say we're all in to get Bradley Bill, who in my eyes is one of the top 10 players in the NBA. And he would be the perfect guy to jumpstart the rebuild of Chicago. Yo, we can't hear you, fam. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Eric. Um, I hope they could salvage that pick, though, because you kind of want Bradley Bill and whoever you'd be able to get with the with the draft pick that they have. But I know it's going to be tough. I mean, they, they got young assets that they can flip. Uh, Zach Levine, I think, is kind of on record as saying he wants out. Um, Laurie Markkinen, who's a young big man who you could also flip. So you might be able to make a trade without having to give up the pick. But they also have some cap space. Um, and, and shout out to Scoop B, who's a good friend of the show, because Scoop has been reporting that um, there are some people who feel Anthony Davis would even have interest in going back home to Chicago. Um, I don't I don't believe it would happen because I think AD has a great thing going on right now with LeBron. And yeah. obviously they share an agent. So I doubt Rich Paul would gear would, would steer Anthony Davis towards Chicago. But they For definitely have the cap space. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's going there and Bradley Beal's there, then it's not a rebuild anymore. Well, yeah. You know? But but I do think that Chicago's in a unique position of having the cap space and having young assets where they could make a trade and, and really rebuild this thing. And I think we got we to gotta really consider Bradley Beal because of the connection of Billy Donovan. Yeah, no, no, I, d- I definitely agree. 
Um, before we before we get off of basketball, really quick, I gotta shout out my main man Swaggy T. Big game five for for Swaggy T, also known as Tyler Harrow. You know, for the for the folks at home that don't know, and I just wanted you know when people start calling uh, Tyler Harrow Swaggy T, y'all better make sure that y'all come back to the archives and know. Who gave him the nickname Swaggy T first? That came from Real Fans Real Talk. Um, but the young cat has been dominating, uh, you know, throughout the playoffs. He's had, a, he's had a great, great season. He did get banged up a little bit during the regular season. But uh, since he's come back, being in a bubble, going into the playoffs with, with, with Miami, um, he's been a driving force in what the Miami Heat have, have been able to do. Um, and 37 points by, by rookie – and the Eastern Conference uh, Finals is, is, is not an easy thing to do. Uh, not too many rookies have had games like that. He almost had a triple-double the other night. Um, and he's a huge uh, part of the reason that Miami has only lost one game in, in each series. His consistency coming off the bench, shooting a three. He was five for ten in game four from, from downtown. The rest of the team had only hit five three-pointers the entire game. Um, you know, so I'm just, I, I'm happy for him. I, I definitely wish more. I, th- I picked Miami to win this season, to, to win this series ag- against Boston. I thought it would have been a little closer than it has been. Um, but I think Miami just goes on and closes this thing out. Um, you know, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic have, have both played well. Duncan Robinson has been a, a little bit up and down uh, throughout this this playoffs. But, you know, he's, he's been good enough for, for them to get over the hump, and they've been able to withstand everything Boston has been able to throw at them. And, you know, that's no slight to Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown because they played really well. Kimba's been a little bit up and down, um, but they did get Gordon Haywood back in this series, and he's been giving them some good minutes and some good production off the bench. But I, I just think Miami is too too hot and – Everybody is is just they're stepping up and they're playing. And even on the nights where they might, you know, let's say Jimmy Butler might not be putting up 25, 30 points, he's playing defense, locking cats up, he's rebounding. And I think that's the mentality that the entire Miami Heat uh, organization has has kind of kind of kind of put on. It's pretty much you better do something and contribute, you know, so that we can win. And that's what they've been doing. Everybody has stepped up. Uh, guys that haven't that aren't known defensive players have been playing really good defense. They're shooting the ball really well. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo is is really setting the tone on the defensive end of the basketball, and he'll throw it on you at any moment in time and, and catch an easy N one uh, play. Uh, thanks to to Dragic and uh, Tyler Hero, who have been really running the the, the, the floor um, for Miami. They've been doing a great job. And then Jimmy Butler, you know, he's just been perfect for the Miami Heat. He's exactly what the Miami Heat needed as far as their best player. And they're exactly what he needed as far as an organization goes. So, again, I think they, they close out this series in five. I don't think they want to they wanna waste any time and, and have this thing lingering on. So, shout out to my main man, Swaggy T. I don't think they close it out just yet. I think the series has been closed, even though it's a 3-1 lead. Um, because Boston Blue leads in game one and game two. Um, so this series could easily be 2-2 had Boston found a way to hold on to one of those leads. But the biggest issue with Boston has been Kemba Walker has been so inconsistent in this series. And on the flip side of that, Miami has found ways to get contributions from a number of different guys, as you mentioned. Even if Jimmy, does, even if Jimmy doesn't have it going, Bam has had it going. Tyler has had it going. Dragic obviously has been great throughout these playoffs. So they have a collection of guys and they have this, this depth that Boston really can't match. And that's really been a difference in the series. And, and no disrespect to the Lakers. I don't want to project forward and, and automatically assume that Miami's going to get there. But Miami is probably the, the most dangerous team left in these playoffs because of that depth. They could easily go 10, 11 guys deep. And when you get that type of production and you can bring so many different guys off the bench, it's hard for any other team to keep up. You start to wear them down. And that's exactly what we've seen against Boston. Boston jumps out to these big leads, but then Boston gets worn down. So before we... So before we end off any NBA talk, um, we definitely have to big up NBA legend himself, Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan has agreed to purchase uh, one of the NASCAR, NASCAR series charter. Um, and Bubba Wallace has agreed to be one of his drivers. 
he announced earlier this month that he will be leaving Richard Petty Motorsports. So this is huge. I, think, I just think for the culture, uh, we all know what Bubba Wallace has experienced this year. And I, I love to just to see black ownership, you know, stepping into these spaces where you don't see us. And for, you know, him being the lone black driver that has gone through so much just in terms of rep you know, representing for our culture to actually, you know, leave and drive under more black leadership or, or the first black leadership. So I'm really excited. I think this was a great move, um, not only financially, but again, just for moving the culture forward. So big ups to Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace. Now I've got a quick question. Is, has it been confirmed whether or not Bubba Wallace is going to get his, his own signature pair of Jordans? So I think you know, representing for NASCAR and MJ, but he should he got to get his own pair of sneakers, man. I know you ain't gonna see him inside the car, but when he step out the car, you know, when he cross that finish line and go up and get you know get his awards, his trophies and whatnot, it might be good to see the Jays on his feet. So I'm sure Jordan's gonna bring him onto the brand in some way, shape, or form, um, whether it's an apparel line or or an exclusive uh, shoe sneaker, like you mentioned. But uh, I mean, I think this is just is great for the coach and it's great for representation as well. NASCAR is one of those sports that. Um, our culture just doesn't relate to and, and connect with because there isn't the representation. Bubba Wallace being the only African-American driver on the circuit helps. But then when you pair him with an icon like Michael Jordan, now it, it really enhances the visibility and the brand. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I've never tuned in to NASCAR before. I don't know how much I'll tune in now, but I'll be paying attention. I, I know that. I'll, I'll at least check out his first race under the Jordan uh, team because I'm not really a NASCAR fan like that. But... I'm going to support MJ and, and what he's doing. I'm going to support uh, Bubba, Bubba Wallace. And, um, you know, it's, it's good uh, seeing us get together um, yeah. because, you know, so many times, you know, and, and going back to the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago with the whole uh, cookout reference and it's like, you know, like we don't, why we got to keep catering to you? We got people who can step in. And MJ is one of those people that has the money, he has the power to to say, All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna own something within the NASCAR organization. And you know, Bubba Wallace, listen, we gotta we gotta stick together, and we gotta help each other in in every area. Not even not even just in sports, but in general, we gotta all stick together. So I, I love seeing this. I thought it was an amazing thing that Michael Jordan did. Um, you know, ho hopefully, it, you know, it, it goes a lot better. Than his NBA franchise is is doing right now, but I do love the love it, and you know Michael Jordan is the goat. So, so thank you guys so much for having me today. I definitely um, will be playing my initial reaction to um, Brianna Taylor, so that that will definitely be up next. I uh, just went in and told my thoughts, and and just want everyone to be cognizant of this moment and just think about her and advocate for her. So definitely check that video out. And as always, I'm Emma Marie, and I will see you guys soon. All right, Em, we will see you guys. We'll see. We'll see you soon. I know you got a couple of um, interviews coming up, so we definitely gonna be looking forward to Aaron knows uh, on the show. Um, and you know, as always, we love you, Em. Love you too. You already know. You already know, Em. It was great having you on again. Thank you. Oh, you have me cry. <laughs> <laughs> all right later um, all right so m has has officially left us for the day but we, we still got a whole lot more sports to get to myself in the legend legend in two games over there but first before we get into everything that's been going on in the nfl we have to take a moment to send our condolences to one of the greats uh gail sayers passed away uh one of the best running backs to do it so really quick, we're just going to take a moment of silence and then we're going to jump into this NFL stuff. All right, it's going down. Uh, we just going, we just going to jump right in, man. So I'm, we're going to bounce around. We're going to get back to the injuries because I want to talk about some, some fun stuff that's going on in the NFL right now. Uh, we got a Monday night football matchup with uh, the two premier quarterbacks in the league. They... Have, have they taken over the spot as the new Peyton and Brady just said? Is that can we not as far as the accolades, but just what they were in football, where you know it was one and two right there? I know Peyton is your guy, being being the Colts fan, but just that whole and not really not we kind of made it into a rivalry, but the whole Brady Manning thing. But Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are they the new Brady Manning? Um, not quite. They're close. They are very close. 
Um, I'm not going to put them there just yet because I, I obviously um, I think that the debate can still be had that Aaron Rodgers is one of the top two or three quarterbacks. Um, and obviously we still have Tom Brady until he shows us. Otherwise, we always got to include him in any top five conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a couple guys that are still in the discussion. So they're not quite there, but they're very close uh, for those guys already to be MVPs in a league. And obviously Mahomes is a Super Bowl champion already. They're they're closing in on that territory. So, all right. Who are you taking for Monday Night Football? I mean, you obviously you know I'm you know I'm going with the Ravens, so I can't even I can't go against against my team. Um, but I mean, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs with uh, Andy Reid, uh, you know, doing doing his thing, coaching and whatnot, um, and Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP. But I'm still going with with, with Baltimore. I gotta I gotta go with, with with my squad, man. I can't I can't go against them. Uh, it's a tough pick. This is their third straight year playing. Um, the first time the Chiefs took it in a close game. Last year, I believe the Ravens took it in a close game when they played. So they've split their first two meetings. Um, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Chiefs just because I, I like their running game a little better right now than it's been in the past. Yeah, shout out to uh, to, to Hilaire, man. He, he definitely had, had a, a great a great week one. Slowed down a little bit, but that's because they were passing a, a little bit more. They just needed different things. But, you know, fancy football goals, he's been holding me down. So I, I do agree with you on, on the running game. Um, you know, I, I just can't pick against the Ravens. You know, that's just the team thing. So I can't do that. I understand it. I get <laughs> I get it. You know, it, it's again, I expect it to be a great matchup. I yes. expect it to be a high score matchup, too, again, because these are teams that have seen each other recently. So, um there won't be much surprise on defense. You'll, you'll have an idea yeah. of what the other team is trying to get done. And then offensively, I mean, they, they're by far the most dynamic quarterbacks in yes. the game yes. with everything that they can do. And then with their assortment of weapons, I mean, we're seeing Mark Andrews really start to crave, starts to carve into that territory as one of the best tight ends in football. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's in that conversation. Yes. Um, you know, we got Hollywood Brown. We got Tyreek Hill. We got Mark Ingram. We, you know, we got Clyde Edwards there. A lot so, of heavy hitters. A lot of heavy yeah, hitters. It's, it's heavy hitters everywhere. I, I expect it to be a shootout. I, I can see both teams scoring 30 points in this game. Yeah, which is why um, I have to find another defense on the waiver wire because I'm I'm not contempt that the Ravens defense is going to shut down the Chiefs offense on Monday Night Football. So I'm looking for a replacement defense uh, just for this weekend. Then I'm going back to Baltimore. But you know that's that's going to be that's, it's it's going to be a tough matchup. Great game, and I think it's going to be a high powered offense on both um, sides. So you know it's going to be a great game either way. Um, I do got to take it back to the, uh, to the NFC for a second. My, my other team in the NFC, we lost a couple of guys. Uh, you know, one of them, which, which really hurt me was Saquon Barkley. Uh, it's ACL and, and he's going to be out for the year. Uh, and, uh, Sterling Shepard is also going to be, he's also on the injured reserve list right now. Um, I just, I, I really feel bad for Saquon because he came battle back last year after missing a couple of games. And then this year, you know, he gets hurt. He gets a dislocated shoulder, goes back in the game and torn ACL. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. You know, what do you do in that situation? And it just it sucks because, you know, even before the season even started, they were saying that we're going to see a lot of injuries this season just because, you know, COVID messed up a lot. You know, so we don't get the preseason. We don't really get the training camps and OTAs like we're supposed to. So, you know, there's going to be a higher injury rate this season. And um, we've seen that. We've seen we've seen a lot of the top guys, too. We saw Saquon and, uh, and Shepard from the Giants. Christian McCaffrey is, is out a couple of weeks. We saw Gar Garoppolo go down. Michael Thomas has uh, missed, uh, missed this past week's, week's game. So a lot of big names have been going down. Um, one one injury, however, was not caused by an, an on-field situation. It was uh, actually incompetence uh, in, um, <laughs> in San Diego. I don't know what happened. Somebody, I'm sure, has lost their job behind that or will be losing their job if they hasn't if they haven't already. Um, I'm trying to figure out how do you go from giving somebody a, a, a an injection for for pain to puncturing a lung. I don't I don't understand that. 
I'm confused by the whole thing. Um, I, 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 I pray for Tyrod Taylor because I, I haven't heard the update just yet, but it, but a punctured lung can't keep you out for a couple of weeks. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what's going to go on with that. But Eric, when you heard that it was actually the team doctor that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung, what was going through your mind? I was shocked. Um, like most people who tuned into the game on Sunday, I was wondering why Justin Herbert was playing. Um, and no knock against Justin Herbert because he was a first round draft pick, but there was no indication on a week that he would play. It was assumed that Tyrod Taylor would still be the starter. Um, and then early in the game, they showed a picture of Tyrod Taylor on the sideline and he looked to be like in some pain and the doctors were examining him. I'm not sure at what point did they realize that his lung was punctured um, because from everything I read, he went through pregame workouts and warmups and then literally minutes before kickoff, he goes running into the tunnel because he was having he was he was experiencing pains and, and chest pains and complications breathing and they weren't sure what it was so i don't know how that could have happened i was shocked when i heard what happened and then my mind started to wonder like you know how is this going to affect like as you said how is this going to affect him for this season unfortunately he now could lose his starting job behind this because if you're out four or five weeks and a rookie plays good again they're going to go with the with the hot hand you know, and that's yeah. nothing against Tyrod Taylor's. If the rookie's got it going, he's the future of the franchise anyway. You stay, you stay with him. Exactly. Um, but th th this is definitely malpractice. I I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear about a lawsuit at some point, especially if this affects his career moving forward. Yeah, and it, it was crazy because we had literally just finished talking uh, about the week before how the NFL had been starting eleven black quarterbacks, and when I saw this. I was like, well, damn, that didn't last, <laughs> that last long. But then when I realized what actually happened, I'm shocked. Like, how? How? How do you puncture this kid's lung? Like, and, and like you said, Eric, that the worst part about it is he possibly loses his starting job now because the, the rookie actually went in and played, played some pretty good football. They didn't get the win. But uh, you know what I mean? But you're going up against Super Bowl champions, which is going to be tough, you know, and it's also a rivalry game. But he played well, you know, so, you know, it's going to be tough. We, we're going to have to wait and see, first of all, how long Tyrod Taylor is going to be out for. Um, and then when he comes back, you know, if if the rookie is playing good, man, like you said, they're not going to the fans are not going to stand for that. They're not going to want to see Tyrod Taylor back. They, why? This kid is the future. You drafted him in the first round for this reason. A high draft pick at that. At, um, I believe he was the fifth or sixth pick in this uh, in draft. Um, the sixth the six pick. The sixth pick in the draft. So if he's playing well, why? So now if you're Tyrod Taylor, it's like, damn, I, all I, had, I just had my, my, rib, my ribs hurt a little bit, and I'm walking out of this thing with a punctured lung, and I ain't even step on the field in, in week two. I don't, I don't get it, man. Um, you know, whoever that doctor was, Bruh, you got to get it together, man. I, like, I, I, I would hope you know, no other uh, sports franchise is gonna pick this doctor up to work because could you could you have imagined? God forbid, but could you imagine if this was one of the top quarterbacks in football that you took out for a couple of weeks because of negligence? Home, Holmes, Lamar Jackson, Rogers. Could you imagine how crazy it would be if it was one of the, and it's. It's bad for anybody that this happens to, but just one of the top quarterbacks that generate a lot of revenue for the NFL. How bad that would be? I mean, not not only a big name, but even if it was a young quarterback. I remember, yeah. uh, I want to say, ten to fifteen years ago, when when Chris Sims was with Tampa Bay, and he punctured a lung in a game, mm -hmm. and his career was never the same. He missed the rest of that season. And he was never the same. And now I'm not comparing Chris Sims to, like you said, one of the big names. But at the time, Chris Sims was maybe 25, 26. He still had his whole career in front of him. You know, that type of injury sometimes, you, you may not be the same. And Tyrod Taylor is a veteran in the game. He's already on the, on the wrong side of 30. So we don't know how this is going to affect him for the next couple of weeks and ultimately for, his, for the rest of his career if he planned on playing beyond this season. Yeah. I, and I would assume he did, especially when he had the starting job. You know, so I, I figured he was going to try to try to try to squeeze out at least two years in San Diego while they let the rookie develop. But you know that that might actually you know be over 
So we got we to gotta wait and see again. Um, I, we definitely wish you a speedy recovery. Tyrod Taylor, I want to see you get back out there and, and be healthy. Um, and it's crazy. It's just, you know, one of the the other – and we keep – more stuff keeps happening behind COVID. But, the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just crazy. Um, the coaches are being fined now. A couple hundred thousand dollars in fines have been uh, dealt out to a couple of coaches throughout the league for not wearing their masks uh, on, on the sidelines. I'm a, I'm a little bit split on that one as far as, you know, wearing a mask on the sidelines. Um, just because, you know, I know the coach is running up and down the field and you want to be able to talk to your guys and, and, and say what you need to say. But I do understand, you know, COVID is very real and, and, and you can't spread it. But if everyone is being tested and you're not letting them play in the games if they test positive for COVID, I figure it should be okay if they don't necessarily have a have a mask on, you know, on their face. So I get it because you want to be as cautious as possible. But if everyone just got tested and no one playing in that game, none of the coaches, the staff, or anybody has tested positive for COVID, then you think it will be okay if the coach doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, this is all for presentation. Um, everyone's being tested, first and foremost. Coaches are around the players all week. So there's no way you could tell me that coaches and players are around each other all week practicing, going to film study, and they're all just wearing masks all day, every day. They're not, right? So it's all for presentation, and they want to make it seem like, hey, we want to make the game as safe as possible. But for me, I look at it the other way. On the sideline, if you're not wearing it, no big deal. You're amongst your players all the time anyway. Now, when you're exiting or entering the field, that's different because now you're, you're coming in contact with media types and other people that work at the stadium. So at that point, yes, we need a little more precaution. You know, you're coming out the tunnel, you should have your mask on. But if you're on the sideline on the field, I don't see what the big deal is. Um, and we kind of see it in the NBA as well. Sometimes coaches aren't wearing a mask either because, as you said, it's very hard to communicate with your players when you, you've got a mask on. So, yeah. you know, you've got to be able to, to, to speak out speak and, and say things and make adjustments on the fly. I think it's nonsense. I think it's something that the league is going to examine a little bit because it's going to happen every week. Coaches yeah. are going to continue to be seen on the sideline without a mask. And I think it, it becomes stupid to start finding them every week for it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It, it, it's it's kind of crazy, but what are you going to do really quick? Uh, shout out to everyone that is, uh, playing in the real fans, real talk fantasy football league. Eric, you had a bounce back win. This uh this this past week, I was actually against. I was going against our technical director Cliff this past week, and I had to withstand an eighty point uh performance by Dak Prescott. Y'all y'all know what he did to uh to Atlanta that comeback, four hundred plus yards, couple touchdowns uh, from Dak. Um, so I'm I'm still undefeated, you know. Um, but it, it's 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 fun as fantasy football. I'm glad that we got football back and we're able to do fantasy football because I haven't going a season without doing fantasy football got to be maybe eight years now since and that was you know just before i was even into fantasy football but once i actually started fantasy football i have not missed a season and usually i do multiple leagues so i'm just glad we're able to have football hopefully they can keep this thing going absolutely uh right now they look like they're on a good track you know and in regards to fantasy um it was a good week and and then we got uh I, I believe I got my man uh, Sean this week from uh, mm. On the Board Sports. Okay, so okay, it, it'll, okay. It'll be interesting. I see he's sitting at two and zero, so he's off to a hot start. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be a lot of smack talk between between both shows. <laughs> Whoever wins that game, and you know, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be posting about that. We gonna talk about that next week. That's Absolutely. that's actually gonna be the matchup of the week. So I'm definitely right, gonna right. be talking about that next week. So you better get your get your roster in order. We good. We 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 lining everything up. Okay. We lining everything up. We good to go. Um, the only tough decision I had, I had to kind of figure out what defense I wanted to go with this week because the Colts defense came up big for me last week. That happened as yeah. my secondary defense, but I knew New England going into um Seattle that was gonna be a tough situation for them to really come out on top, and mm -hmm. it, it it worked out fine for me. So this week I think I might ride um the Colts again. They got the Jets, who we know are oh. a terrible offense right now. Yeah. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to let the Colts go out there and do their thing on that one. 
Plus, half of their offense is, is banged up right now, too. So I, th- I think I think mean, you'll be fine. If you get half the one. offense is banged up, and the other half already quit on them. So I think we should be all right. Exactly. And I gotta say this, Eric, and I'm a, I'm a bit surprised um, that I'm actually even get to say this right now. I want to actually give you a shout out because I see the hat you're wearing right now. Now I'm trying to figure out: is this to commemorate the fact that the Yankees have clinched the playoff berth, and you switch sides, and now you're repping for the for the BX Borough where you where you actually from? Is that what's going on here? You speak to me, man. I have not switched sides, unfortunately. Uh, but this is hat which i really like um you know it's a yankee hat but it has met, met features on it so i was like i'm gonna go with that one uh, but definitely you know shout out to the yankees uh they've clinched their spot this is what we kind of waited for in regards to the yankees anyway we knew they would be at this point um mm-hmm. you know they're still a little banged up but again there's still a lot of talent on that team and in a, in a best of five series they're just as dangerous as anybody else well you got you guys got a little uh ways to go before you you get that spot in the playoffs, but it's it's still possible. Uh, things are still we're open done. for you guys. We're, we're done. We're done. No, no, we're done. We're done. I said it's over. It's over. No, I will. Hey, I'll try to give you some. There's, some there's, there's about five games left. <laughs> if that, we're if like y'all three, go, three. you got to go on a five and zero run. These next we haven't five won games. five straight all year. We haven't won five straight all year. I'm saying the Yankees just banged out a ten win streak. Y'all can do five. Y'all ain't got five. Uh, all right. I'll try. I'm, listen, the the first time ever, I was trying to support. All right, well, you know what? Listen, I'm gonna support right now some positivity that's going on in uh in, in baseball right now. And uh, I'm gonna shout out the uh Major League Baseball and the Players Association. They have come together, they, they have um put up 10 million dollars to uh to the players alliance, which is going to help promote increased uh black participation in major league baseball. Um, I think I think it's good. I think it's, it's going to be good because, but it's one thing about about you know, and it just the you know just us and watching baseball. Um, it's not just about the money you put in. I think they have to do something with the game itself to keep us interested. To keep you know because at one point you know we when when as soon as the brothers was able to get in, they was ready to go and they was good. But you know now baseball is still just as slow as it was when Babe Ruth was playing. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's more than just, you know, putting up the dollars, which I love, but they're going to have to do some something with the game itself because right now we know football and basketball is, is kicking butt. And that's just, you know, as far as the viewers go and as far as the, you know, the, the, the players that are in the, in the league. Um, so, but I do, again, I do want to commend the Major League Baseball and the Players Association for that donation. Yeah, shout out to them on that. But in regards to the game itself and improvements to the game, I thought they made some good improvements for this shortened season. Um, I do actually like the 60-game schedule because it, it made things more entertaining from jump. You know, you every game really did mean something. I also like the expanded playoff format, which I think is something they should keep. Mm-hmm. I did like the new extra inning rule of starting a run on second base, which sped up the games. I didn't like the seven-inning double headers. I thought that was a little gimmicky. But overall, the other things they did, I think, could help if they implement them full time. But the game of baseball, I think, has missed so many opportunities in being able to promote their stars. Um, and again, it's no different this year because, you know, two of the biggest stars in all of baseball play out on the West Coast and they were rarely featured in primetime games. Mm-hmm. They were rarely featured in any publications. And I'm talking about Mike Trout and Fernando Tatis Jr., who are two of the really bright stars of the game. Um, and similar to a few years ago when Major League Baseball dropped the ball on promoting Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper at the time was viewed as yep. what could be the LeBron James of baseball because he was so good coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And they never promoted him. He had a lot of personality. He had a lot of style on the field. And they never promoted him. So Major League Baseball's got to learn how to promote their stars better. And that's how you're going to appeal to the young uh, athletes. Yes. You know, a lot of young men and women, they see LeBron James. They see Odell Beckham. That's who they want to be. You know, yeah. but those guys are promoted. Those guys are in your face. Major yeah. Baseball's got to do that as well. They got they got to at least you know take a page out of the Yankees book because at least the Yankees, you know, what I'm saying New York, you know they they guys you you, you know they guys, you know, what I'm saying you know you know you know the Bash brothers, <laughs> you know Aaron Judge and uh, and Sanchez. So at least you know take notes from the Yankees, um, you know. But if that's what you guys, if you guys really want to 
bringing the, the the black audience and, and the players and everything back to baseball, yeah, you're definitely gonna have to to make some changes. Um, but yeah, and I do agree. The things that they have done this season have been good. I didn't really like the double headers like that either. But I I did like the fact that if they were gonna do the double headers, they brought them down to just seven innings. Um, but I wasn't a fan of the double headers like that. Um, but you know, we, we, we'll see if they if they're gonna keep some of these things. Um, I do have to say this, I, and I get it. I understand uh, Major League Baseball. Um, they're actually big fans of the show. Um, and they were watching us a couple of, of months ago when the uh, season, when they were just talking about whether they were going to have a season or not. And uh, we were saying that they needed to do a playoff bubble. Um, so they, they're actually working on that playoff bubble now because players are about to start. So they're putting that that together. So, you know, shout out to you guys for doing the smart thing, listening to us over here on Real Fans Real Talk and, and the things that, that we have to say and the ideas and then, you know, y'all, y'all kind of ran with it. We want to see it. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with that. And they're actually even talking about having some fans uh, come in for the uh, the NLCS and, and for the World Series. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The Yankees got as good a chance as any going into the bubble. They're finally getting healthy again. Aaron Judge is, is back. Stanton is, is getting healthy. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it this year. Yeah, Um. The, the playoff bubble, I think, is going to be a, a huge success for them. Um, I think, and as you mentioned, they're going to find a way to try to incorporate fans or families of the, of the players, um, similar to what the NBA has done inside the bubble as well with, with the families. So I think, there's again, there's opportunity for it to be even more successful. Um, but the fact that they were able to complete a season with how bad it all started, one, the delays because of COVID, and then two, the positive tests. I mean, at one point, damn near half the Marlins team had, had tested positive. Yeah, we didn't think know, it was going to make then, it. <laughs> and, right, and then the Cardinals and then the Phillies. So there were so mm. many teams testing positive that we were like, man, I don't know if we even going to get to 30 games, let alone 60 games. Wow. And somehow we got we got to the finish line. So kudos to them for that, man. And hopefully it just continues to grow and, and the season just gets better. Now we get into the playoffs again with the expanded playoff format. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Really quick before we get out of here. Uh, top rank is looking at December 19th date for the trilogy. Uh, friend of the show, Deontay Wilder, former champ, going up against the, the, the gentleman that beat him, Tyson Fury, for the third time. So they're looking at December 19th to lock that in. I hope, I hope Deontay uh, can get that, can get that back, get that belt back, but it's going to be a tough task. But I'm for it, I'm looking forward to seeing. It. I can't wait. I'm, I can't wait not only to see Deontay Wilder get back, um, but we got a lot of good boxing coming up over the next few months because we also get the, the return of Errol Spence, which is going to be really good to see. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to get the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight. Yeah, that, that might be out the window at this point. Thank I mean, and, and that's purely for entertainment purposes only, obviously. Uh, you but, know, we're not talking but I was about gonna, I was going to enjoy that. <laughs> that fight. No, no, no. I was, I was going to enjoy it and watch it. But again, like I said, it was it was purely for that. We, we're not talking about that fight in the same regard that we're talking about Deontay Wilder or Errol Spence. Oh, yeah, no. But just no, from not, a fan no, perspective, no, no. Yeah. you know, we, we had some good things coming up. Nostalgia of it. Seeing those things. Because those two are my favorite uh, fighters. I, I'm a strong believer that had Roy Jones retired uh, right after beating Ruiz for the heavyweight title, um, that he goes down as top three all time. So, um, you know, so I, I, I'm, I, and then again, and Mike, you know, that's that's Brooklyn right there. So, you know, I'm always going to support Iron Mike, the youngest uh, heavyweight champion to to do it, knockout machine. So I really was looking forward to uh, to seeing uh, both of those guys really quick. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on all of our social media. Hit up the website, realfansrealtalk.com. Uh, we got a we got a whole bunch of new blogs up there from Urban Sports Guru. So make sure you check those out. Um, and then of course, facebook.com forward slash real fans, real talk, Twitter, Instagram at real fan talk and subscribe to that YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash for the fans productions. You see, we got the little cutie pie in the building. you going to talk some sports. You ready? Hey, yes. You ready? ready? Or are you being shy? Now you shy. You came on the <laughs> camera. You got to talk. You got, right, can we get a wave? Can we get one more? Get a wave. All right, <laughs> we'll take that. So make sure you guys are following us everywhere. And once again, uh, 
big shout out to all of the sponsors, Kmart, uh, Petro Home Services, the Rosado Firm, Soundview Liquors. Um, you know, we'll 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 be back. Uh, so as things open up, we will be back. But uh, really quick, man, Eric, final thought. Um, just keep tuning in, keep following. Um, you know, and then also we got a shout out shooting the shit podcast. You know, that's the extension of, of, mm -hmm. of real fans, real talk, as well as the Sanchez show, man. So we're streaming on all platforms with all three shows. Yes, sir. I'm just gonna say, God bless that beautiful baby. Ma. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> For myself, Trip Young, Legend of Two Games, Emma Marie. Oh, we are gonna drop that video right now, right after we log out. You will see uh, Emerald's uh, breakdown of everything that went down with Brianna Taylor and her thoughts and views on that whole thing. That'll be playing right now. So make sure you guys stay locked in, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. We out. Smush Parker here, formerly up to Los Angeles Lakers, and you are now tuned in to Real Fans, Real Talk. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought Real 